Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Brooklyn to the world, Peter Cards, at Nick Lupo, Seth Boom. the Twit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who else is here? What, what do you want to do? You want to do Hey, look who it is. <laughs> what do you want to do? I let you, I let you do The this. host. And to start the show, you don't introduce me to my own show. What do you want to do, guys? Well, let's have it. Let's do, let's do this the right way, no? Sure. I'm uh, coming to you from Miami over here. South Beach. Nice South weather, Beach. no? Your second yeah. home. Well, right now it's actually raining, but it was good like two hours ago. Then it started pouring. It's been raining all day here. Yeah. Nah, definitely not like that here. I mean, it was actually. I went to a local cafe to watch the uh, Miami Atletico Madrid game, and when I went there, it was sunny as hell, hot as hell. When I left the cafe, it was pouring. That'll do, yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. So what's going That's on here? What, what, what else? What's the good world over there in New York? Oh, we're chilling, man. Got a lot to talk about today. This is uh, episode 52. Episode 52? Uh, yeah, we're on the full, full year. The full year. Imagine that. Who would yeah. ever thought we would make it this far? <laughs> hey, it's, been, it's been an well, honor and a pleasure. We're to take our loyal listeners, but they are very loyal because, you know, we we put up we, we have a lot of antics that you know sometimes piss people off and sometimes some of us and you know what our loyal followers they love us for our, for who we are and for our antics as well uh, we gotta thank them for that you know exactly boom so what's going on? let's talk about some Boston what about Floyd Mayweather you guys really, really think he's coming back I mean I don't know I was uh I was privy to the interview uh what he did with Jim Gray on Saturday and uh, you know I was actually obviously listening they did it right behind me and I don't know man I mean. You think enough money can be generated? That kind of money can be generated for him coming back? Well, think about it. Who who could who could bring that kind of money? Because he's talking about nine figure paydays. That's yeah. crazy. That's a hundred million dollars. Yeah. That's. I mean, how is that possible? If there was a if there was an opponent, you know, right? Who who There's could no opponent. bring? You, know what? you guys want to know what I, my hypothesis is on this? I'm gonna tell you my hypothesis. I don't think. There's an opponent that's going to generate $100 million unless it's possibly a pack rematch. Possibly. Maybe Golovkin fight. Possibly. And I don't see those fights happening. Uh, Floyd is not on steroids like that, so he's not going to take, he's not going to become a middleweight. He's not a bodybuilder, that's for sure. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then also, uh, the, the flip side of that is also Pacquiao, you know, it might be a waste of time to do that fight again, so you don't know if everybody's going to buy into the whole hype. You know, a lot of people feel they got duped on the first fight when they bought it. So you don't know if you're going to be able to generate that kind of those kind of sales again. Here's my thing: Showtime made so much money with Floyd Mayweather, especially on the Pacquiao fight. I mean, they made so much money on that Pacquiao fight that it's almost like, as a as a gratitude, they would give him a hundred million dollar deal to come back and fight. And even if they lose money, they're still in a surplus with Mayweather. No matter who he fights, you know, you're not going to generate a hundred million dollars fighting Danny Garcia or Adrian Broner or whatnot. You know, so. So I think it's more to do like uh, like like more of something like a, like a gratitude to Floyd, and uh, if they give it to him, they'll take they'll stay in the red for that particular fight, but they'll obviously be in the green on the overall. I, that's the only thing I can possibly, the only concept I can possibly think of 
that would, you know, they would actually be offering him nine figures like that, you know, so who knows? Did, did you just say as a gratitude to Floyd? Like, hasn't <coughs> hasn't his pay in the last fucking <laughs> 10 years been enough gratitude? I don't think you understand what I'm saying, Joe. I understand it's, what you're saying. They've made so much money on Floyd Mayweather in the Pacquiao fight that there, there's no way they can wind up in the red. After that fight, they made so much money, an astronomical amount, that they just want to keep their guy happy. So if, if they didn't come to a deal to keep their guy happy, um, you know, it's possible that, you know, they'll take, they'll take a loss for this particular fight, which on the overall, if you're looking at it as a businessman, you look at your, you look at, you know, say you buy a stock, you know, you buy a stock at, at 20, if it goes up to 80, and then it goes back down to 50, you still made, you know, you still have 30 points on it. You know, you don't look at it like you lost 30 points, you know? So, so that's kind of the thing here. You know, I, I think, uh, I think with Floyd, even if they lose money on this particular fight, they'll still be so much in the in the in the green from uh, from the Pacquiao fight that uh, you know they won't mind it. You know, and then they, you know it, it's it's about keeping the the business relationship with Floyd open. You know, the thing is, like some of the opponents that Jim Gray, I, I give Jim Gray credit for mentioning fighter names. I thought that was good. They mentioned Triple G and mentioning uh, maybe Winner Thur- Porter and uh, Thurman. And, and Floyd did not seem interested in fighting any of those guys, and I don't blame him. I mean, but so, but then who who could it possibly be that could generate any interest? My, I'm thinking it's going to be Danny Garcia. I mean, Garcia has a, a, a pretty good resume, um, and you know it, it's a stylistic matchup that kind of favors Floyd. Even though you know Danny's a solid fighter, the, the stylistic matchup favors Floyd. Um, and you know, and he they said he <laughs> sorry they said he trademarked uh, TBE. 50, 50 yeah. Like that, yeah. Right? And TMT 50. 50. And TMT 50. So, so you know, I, I think it's, you know, th- those are like little hints that, you know, why would you trademark those things if you don't intend on, you know, making them a fact, you know? And, and, and that's the thing. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm getting to the point where I really, I will kind of, I would be surprised if he doesn't come back. I mean, Paul, having heard that interview, I'll be surprised if he doesn't come back. Paulie, what about, you think there'd be any interest in a, a rematch with Canelo? Um, you know, that's another guy that brings that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's the middleweight title, you know. At fifty five, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, one fifty five, catch weight, whatever. But you know. Hey, Sugar Ray did it. <laughs> Why can't Floyd do it? Sugar Ray yeah. got the light heavyweight title at sixty eight. He did. He sure did, Seth. You're a, you're a not only are you a historian, but you're a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, That's thank right. you, sir. <laughs> thank yeah. you. He sure did. Ray Leonard did do that. So, so it's uh, you know, I mean, that's 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 within the realm of possibility. That's a good point. You know, Canelo well, is a very good point. I mean, and that's actually a fight that could generate the the nine figures. Yeah, that's actually a fight that could generate the nine figures. Huh. That's, that's, that's really interesting, especially when you put it into the mix and put a little bit of the equation that the, it's for the middleweight title now. So Floyd will get a chance to win a sixth weight class. Um, you know. And Regardless of what Canelo wants to make the catch weight at, you know, for, for, for Floyd, that would also work, you know? And if well, Canelo doesn't want to fight Triple G... I don't fighting any real middleweights, because no real middleweights can make 155 pounds. They just can't, you know? Right. Right. If he wants to fight Triple G, why not take a big money fight with Floyd first? Because win, win or lose, he could still fight Triple G after that. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could, yeah. You're right. Uh, but... Uh, I gotta say, you know, the, the Canelo fight... Yeah, I, I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. I really give myself... I really... Uh, I really made it myself. I, I can't believe I wouldn't have thought of that myself, especially having heard the nine figures. And that will makes a lot of sense. Uh, just, well, just, you and I have spoken about that in the past, like you know, yeah, uh, the yeah. fact that Canelo is so much of a bigger name now than when he fought Floyd originally. That yeah. there's always that opportunity to to get it again. But mm-hmm. 
I don't know, man. What about how, what about how he gets he gets defensive and throws in Andre Ward's name when when they brought up Triple G, but they ask him who pound for pound the best is right now, and he says Chocolatito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that was Joe. I, I thought it was Andre Ward. I mean, I, for me, the pound pound guy is Andre Ward, not Chocolatito. Uh, Chocolatito is an exciting fighter. He's a good fighter, but I, I like Ward. I like Ward is my pound for pound guy right now. I think you you oh. made that point really well last week. I think you really nailed it. What? That, that that board is a pound for pound. Yeah, we sure did. We sure worked into it. Um, so what about the fights of the weekend? What do you guys think? Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go what? A lot of fights cool. this weekend. Where do you want to go? Let's talk about them. Yeah, okay. Let's start with the early card first. Let's talk about uh, Berto and Ortiz first. First of all, for our UK followers, uh, I know Huey Fury got a win over, um, over uh, who's the Cameroonian guy that gave Chris Ariel that tough fight that time? Remember, Pete? Um, yeah, I I know who you're talking about. Yeah, they they ended up they ended up uh, he ended up getting a win on points or a technical decision or so whatnot. But that's a pretty solid win because that guy wasn't not an easy guy to deal with, you know. That that wasn't an easy guy to deal with. So good win for Huey Fury. He uh, tries to continue the, the the Fury legacy, I guess. And then uh, what is he? His cousin? His brother? What is he? His first cousin, yeah. That's oh. what they said. They said his first cousin, yeah. So that's a win over there. And then uh, let's go into the the early card here in the states. It was uh. The, Andre Berto versus Victor Ortiz was the main event, but I still haven't seen all the fights. But from what I heard, is all knockouts. I mean, did you guys? What did you guys think of that card? The card, the card was phenomenal, uh, as action packed as you could get. You, you couldn't ask for a better commercial for PBC than right. that, that card that was on yeah, Fox on Saturday. It was like <laughs> oh, the shame is I heard it didn't get a good rating. That's a shame. Because if people would have watched, I'm sure they would have been really entertained. You know, the problem is you're also going against the NHL playoffs, and the Capitals and Penguins are playing at the same time. Yes, that's, yeah, that's uh, true. That, that's, a, that's a tough one, you know, especially a whole matchups in the playoffs. The Capitals Penguins is probably the 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 elite matchup in the NHL playoffs. You know. So the NHL aren't, aren't stupid either. You know they knew to put that down Saturday prime time. Yeah, we started out with um unbeaten featherweight uh, Jorge Lara, and he yeah, he knocked out Montiel Fernando Montiel in one round. That knocked that's quite a statement. I mean, I know Montiel's yeah. past his prime, but to get him out of there in one round like that, that is quite a statement. And that's uh, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, you know he'll be got to, to to for people to keep their eye on in the bantamweight division. Uh, it'll be interesting because you know the bantamweight division is kind of going to have got to have a resurgence now that. A lot of guys have kind of uh, moved up and abandoned it, you know. He, dis- he just destroyed him. What in that weight class? You know, Rashi Warren, you got this kid Lara, you got the the kid, uh, the guy that beat Warren, what's his name? Uh, Payano, you know. So by some weights uh, starting to have a couple exciting guys in there, little by little, you know. Absolutely. Um, after that, it was uh, a surprise knockout for me um, mm-hmm. with La Bomba, Edwin. Oh, that was bad. That was so bad. That's the thing I don't get about Edwin Rodriguez. Why does he feel the need to fight like that every time? Like, like he already had a close call last year. Uh, I forgot who the guy was. It was on PVC. It was one of the better fights on PVC. Both guys were down, and he survived it. You know, like, he just gets into these slugfests where he's, they're literally just throwing haymakers, and he just starts throwing haymakers. Like, throwing wow. haymakers. He, he couldn't get missed. Like, he... If you missed what, him, you had to be trying. What is the issue, dude? Like, like you, you, I'm sure you go in the gym. You got Ronnie Shields. You're training. I'm sure you're working on technique. What's the problem when you get to fight night and you can't seem to have any technique? It's not the first time he's done this. Like, what's going on over here, bro, dude? You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 it's, it's, it's actually a shame. He's a pretty good fighter, but 
it's 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 wild. And, and obviously, you know, it was only a matter of time if he kept doing this that he was going to pay the price. It was only a matter of time. Um, you know, he he should have learned his lesson last year when he had that close call. If that's not a lesson learned, I don't know what is. And obviously, if you don't learn your lesson that night, you got Thomas Williams who uh, made you learn it the hard way. So a big knockout win for Thomas Williams. Definitely the biggest one of his career. And he uh, was calling out Donna Stevenson after the fight. So, you know, maybe we should look for uh, Williams versus Donna Stevenson pretty soon. I guess he made himself the mandatory. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was a a shot at the at the title, the winner. Well, we can talk about uh, Stevenson, but I, I'd love to see him on far on Stevenson again. You know, I mean, I'd love to see him on far on Williams even. You know, uh, right. I know on far is playing relatively soon. He's got something coming up, but he's for me, he's one of the more exciting guys CBC has. Hey, Paulie, to to your point with uh, Rodriguez, he actually was quoted after the fight. He said, "I didn't fight the way, the fight I was supposed to. I was supposed to go in there and box, and I didn't do it. I should have taken my time." So, well, listen, let's not get crazy. He's not a boxer. Let's you know. He's not a- you're a boxer. No, he's not. But if it, you do go to the gym and learn. You, right. you don't get this far as far as Edwin Rodriguez has gotten in his career by fighting the way he did Saturday, by fighting the way he did last year, and that other crazy fight. Like You don't get very far in your career if you fight like that. That's like club fighter mentality, you know? Right. So obviously Edwin has more ability. The problem is, I don't know what's gotten into his brain lately. Like He just decides, like you know, this is the way I'm going to fight. And, and that's it. It's you basically just, you got to hit the lotto. You're going to, either you're going to hit the lotto or the other guy's going to hit the lotto. Because the, the other guy obliges which these opponents he's been having have been obliging and they've been swinging an hour with him. It's just a matter of who's going to hit the button first, you know? It's crazy. It's crazy. But you're not going to survive a fight like that all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, he was getting hit with everything. And, and his hand, just his hand positioning, his hands were low, he's wild, like you said. And he That's actually it, he actually got to the point where I thought he was going to wear Williams down. Well, that's uh, the thing about boxing and, and fundamentals is, they are more important at close range. Fundamentals of boxing at, at a distance, obviously, are important, but they're not as important because you know you're at a distance enough where sometimes you can, you know, not pay a price for your mistakes. But at close range, when every single punch in the book you're in range for, you can be hit with every single punch in the book. Your fundamentals have to be tighter. Yeah, and so you can't get in there and start slugging in that way, in that reckless manner, because again, like I said, I mean, you're gonna wind up like Evan Rodriguez at a certain point. I mean, and it's it's a lesson he, he obviously. Didn't learn last year. I mean, it's, and like I said, it's a shame. I think he's a pretty good fighter, but you know, and you got to turn like Ronnie Shields, obviously knows what he's doing. You know, you got to you, you got to build that. You got to burn that into the guy's head. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, now I'm sure he's going to have learned now after that loss. But hopefully, you know, he learned now. You don't want you don't want to have you don't want to have learned uh, a lesson like that, having been defeated. Because now you got to rebuild and you got to do that whole go through all the business the shenanigans of the business of boxing. You don't want to deal with that, you know. Yeah, think about it. You were right there to get a title shot if you if you get past that hump, and yep. now you just put yourself back. God only knows yep. how far. Yep. Yeah. One other light heavyweight fight on there too. The card, uh, Phil Jackson. Yeah, that's our buddy, actually, Phil. Yeah, I we, didn't realize Phil got knocked out by uh, David yeah. Benavides. You know, they told me Benavides looked spectacular, but I didn't realize it was Phil that had had, uh, had fought David Benavides. So what happened? I know again, I didn't see his card. What Benavides Benavides looked good, but Phil also like we know, you know, we've seen Phil. Uh, he didn't look like himself. I don't know what what it was. Uh, hands down, a little too relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, he just was getting hit. He he he, he couldn't get out of the way. So I, to me, it just didn't look like Phil. You know, like mm-hmm. Phil Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know what's up with him, man. He's another one that was so close. Even when you gave him that that speech about when he was fighting, what was it, Darnell Boone? Yeah. And you told him, listen, look good the next time. You you're in a good spot right now. And he ended up getting caught. 
And now he comes into this, and he, I don't know, he just looks so weird. He, he he was, like, too relaxed, like me and Sharif were like, what, what is he doing? His hands are at his side, and once he started getting hit, that was, uh, like, he couldn't he couldn't hack it. Well, Benavides can fight, right? I mean, he's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, this is Jose Benavides' brother. We know Jose knows how to fight, but Jose is, like, a little stagnant in his career. He's so inconsistent. So, you know, I'm wondering how David is going to wind up being, but obviously it's a big win. I mean, it's not a big win where on a national or international level people don't know Phil Jackson, but, you know, we know Phil's been a quality fighter, so to have a win over Phil Jackson, you know, you're well on your way, and you're doing uh, doing something right, obviously, and uh, David Benavidez, especially obviously. Especially in the second or third round, whatever it was. I think it was a second or Second third. round. Second round. I mean, and overall, man, it was awesome to watch those fights. Like, it was oh, just, it was so action-packed. Yeah, it was great. And the main event, the main event was, uh, listen, yeah. I, I, if you put a gun to my head, I would have said I would have said Berto. Of course. Just, you have to. Just because of the mental state of Ortiz. Nobody knows what it is. And, and the opponents, thinking, the opponents Berto faced. I was picking Berto for this fight because I think you have to build to a tough fight for if you're Ortiz. Ortiz cannot just fight cupcakes and then just... Uh, be in a tough fight not because he doesn't have the ability but because on a mental side of it he needs to be tested in some fights first kind of to build his mentality for a big fight and, and he hadn't had that so I wasn't I wasn't really picking Ortiz for the fight I, w- I was kind of leaning towards Berto I just didn't think it went in that quick what did you guys think? No I mean exactly I, it, you know I was watching it and I'm sitting there and I'm saying well first of all I told you I texted you I said there's something wrong with Berto's legs the, the guy like his lead foot lands second, which I don't even know how to explain that. Like hops. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. When he got dropped, see, Victor Ortiz started out phenomenal. He looked good in the beginning rounds. He he won he won all the rounds until obviously the last one, the fourth round. And when he dropped Berto, it wasn't like Berto was hurt by any means. You could tell he wasn't. But he didn't have his lead foot on the on the canvas. He <laughs> it was like mid step. But still, take nothing away from Victor because Victor was popping a jab. He was, you know, he, he was moving. He had a game plan. What I was saying was, if you're Berto, you know the mental state of this guy is shaky. Bring the fight. You know, bring it to him. Make it a dog fight. And it took him a few rounds, I guess, to, to warm up and give Victor's timing. And then he did just that. I mean, he landed a right uppercut that... Anybody, <laughs> anybody would have went well, down. We already know Berto with his uppercut, especially on lefty, is pretty dangerous. I mean, obviously, you know, they didn't work out too well against Guerrero, but I remember him blitzing Carlos Quintana with some vicious uppercuts. Is that yep. the kind of thing that he, that he was hitting Victor with? Oh, he slipped. He slipped a jab and just boom, boom. everything on it. <laughs> yeah. Victor had no clue what happened to him. He you went knew it was down. Over. You knew it was done. He um. What the best was <laughs> the best is Jack Reese. <laughs> he gets he gets up from that. You know you're all right. Yeah, I'm all right. He goes and and Berto knows now it's it's time to go in for the kill. And Berto starts hitting hitting, and then Victor does the uh, let me try to get up late. You know, yeah. get Jack up at Jack Reese never lets you get away with that. Right? Jack no, Reece, I love it. Jack Reese is never gonna let you blame him. That's what I like about Jack Reese. I love Reece it. Goes you you, He'll never let you get up at the last second. Wait, and like, and then tell you you count it out so that he can be part of the controversy. He'll always make you make the decision. And that's Six, what I like about Jack Reese. Like, seven. Like, if, a guy, if a guy gets up last second, he obviously doesn't want to fight. Right. But, Six. But, but then, well, sometimes when you stop it, then they blame the referee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anybody who's waiting for the last possible instinct to get up doesn't want to continue to fight. He's hoping that he doesn't beat the count. Or stops it. So I love how Jack Reese takes the blame off himself. I like that because you know you're not gonna get stopped and then blame the referee like, oh, I beat that count. You know what I'm saying? 
I, I, I actually like that, that, that Jack uses that line. You just beat it. You just made it. He said you just yeah. made it. He, that moment, I, I, from what I'm hearing, is the last thing Victor wanted to hear. Right. He's, uh, no, it was like six, seven, eight, nine, nine and, and a half, half. <laughs> and nine and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got up and he was like, you just made it. Congratulations. Wow. And you see Victor's face had like, this blank stare. Like, like why the, the fuck? fuck wouldn't he, you just stop And he stop asked it? him about 16 times. Do you yeah. want to continue? Do you want to continue? continue? Do you want to continue? He's he like, wouldn't even look at him. Right. He's like, uh. He started turning into Budhead. He's like, uh. uh, 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 uh. Yeah, he didn't want to fight. And listen, anymore. we know that I don't blame him. He would have got hurt. Right, but we know yeah, that that's Victor Ortiz. People yeah. are like, oh, did he really quit? Yes, there's other ways of quitting without saying, you know, no mas or, or I quit or yeah, I'm done. Some guys, some guys foul out. Some guys right. do, the, do that. You know, of course, yeah. But that being said, I want to point out something. He's still a fighter. He's still a, a guy that, that went in there and, and tried. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. There was a fan. This oh, that was piece of shit horrible. motherfucker was in the stands. You know at- what I'm, I'm thinking that is? I'm thinking that guy got drunk. So I've been to Carson. They started hurling beer at the ring when, when Chavez uh, got stopped against Fonfaro. And I, I even got hit with a beer. Um, <laughs> I remember so that. Fans, I think they start betting in the crowd. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe that guy wants to lost the bet. He must have thought he was a locksmith and he wants to bet Victor. And, and no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm seriously just, uh, you know, just uh, guessing over here. I'm making an educated guess, but I'm thinking the guy must have lost good money on Victor and that he must have bet him. What do he do? I didn't but hear still, about this. It's too fucking still, bad, man. Fucking bad. You know, so they they're walking Victor to the locker room, and you know he has his team with him, and obviously he's down. You know he just lost, and some guy in the stands throws a fucking pizza box at him. Like, have some fucking class, the, man. The have Vic, some respect. Victor's trainer was about Victor's to go beat trainer, the shit out of the guy. Victor's trainer had to be separated yeah. because he went at him. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no place for that in this sport. I mean, in any sport. You know, in any sport. Yeah. But a guy that goes in there and, and, you know, has enough guts and courage to get in a ring and you're going to go throw shit at him. I mean, listen, it's very simple. <laughs> if you don't like the guy, you don't want to. Uh, approve of him as a Mexican. If you're a Mexican, he's not one of you guys. Okay, don't go to his fights. It's very fucking simple. Of course. Of course. It was horrible, man. But what if you bet, like, you know, you, you put one of your locksmith wages in and, and then you see him quit? Like, you'd rather just you'd rather just lose. You don't want to hear any, any fights and he goes down fighting and you say, you know what, all right, I bet him, but, you know. But what, what, when, you got, when you bet on a guy that's quit, obviously it's, it's his bad if you bet him because... You know, you already know the guy has that history, but, you know, right. w- w- would you be a little bit more teed off? Yeah, I'm not going to disrespect a guy like that. Of course not, of course not, you know. No, I'm the moron for betting on him, you know. No, that's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's classless. That's just no class garbage. It's horrible. I was, I yeah. was really, I watched a video, somebody sent it to me, and I said, I really wish security would have got that guy and brought him in the back and just left him for dead right there. They could like treat him like fan man. Yeah, just, just like yeah. smash him in the, the head with a cell phone him. or something. Yeah. Leave him to for a bloody pulp and let him wake up and wonder where he is. Victor would have hit him with one shot and knocked him oh, the fuck please. out. And Victor and Victor's such a nice guy that like like I guess he was so shocked by it. Yeah. He just like walked he really to the locker react room. To it. Like he had his hands on his face. Like he, he must have been like, What the fuck? I just got out of the ring. Like, give me a break. I just got a beat. Like, yeah. you know, doing this. Yeah. What a low life scumbag. 
You gotta be a real scumbag. Did Victor try to attack him or just a no, no, the just trainer. The trainer. Victor just kept walking. He like really didn't react to it at all. Uh, man, I would have been flipping. I don't know. I don't know if that Are you working. kidding me? Although we did have some stuff getting thrown at us when we left the ring in, in Houston when we lost to Juan Diaz. But it was coming at us from so many directions that we didn't know. We yeah, didn't know. like nobody actually sat there. Actually throwing it, you know? Yeah, nobody actually sat there literally in arm's length and, and pegged you with a pizza box. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he hit him with a fucking fastball right in his eye. Really? Yeah, yeah he, he fucking frisbeed it. Oh, he frisbeed it. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to kind of frisbee the, the pizza box if it's going to have anything on it. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you just throw it, you know, and if you throw it flat, it's not going to get a lot on it. You imagine Victor Ortiz has <laughs> a detached retina right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> let's, let's, break down, let's break down the pizza box and, have, you know, the correct way to throw it. You know, right. We should really do sports science on this. Absolutely. Yeah, right? yeah. They should bring it to ESPN. Compared to how close he was when he threw it, you know? <laughs> Definitely enough trajectory to, to um, split your cornea. Cornea. Oh, oh yeah. That hey, was... let's talk about... Uh, Organifi for a second. Organifi. Organifi. Go ahead, shoot, guys, shoot. Yeah, I mean this is this is a new, new, new drink. I mean it's it, you know for us, you guys are trying to get in shape. Paulie's back in the gym. Pete's getting married. Nick's just young. He doesn't care yet, but oh, you'll get there, buddy. But you know Organifi it boosts energy, eases stress, erases belly fat. Hello, Pete. Yeah, I could yeah. use that definitely. Yeah. And you know it's e it, you know I know you're trying to juice you know not steroids but like juice juice, <laughs> and you know it's easier in eating vegetables and juicing you know you just you right. just drink, no shopping no juicing no blending no blending no cleanup. It's the best tasting greens on the market. I've tasted it. Nick's had it. You like it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, see, it's organic. It's vegan, gluten free, dairy free, soy free. All the things you're not, Pete. I could, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pete. You could definitely <laughs> use it. The wedding is less than two months, buddy. I'm free of a lot of stuff. It's definitely not gluten. All right. I don't even know how to say this, but it's a special ingredient. It's called ashwagandha. It's shown in clinical studies to lower cortisol. You know, that's the fat storage hormone. Increases energy, improves mental focus. Wow. Wow. Did you hear what I was saying? You're not focused. No, right no, now, I'm focused. I'm, that right. made me focus, All actually. Right. Well, tell them about the offer. Oh, the offer. Come on. Our listeners get an additional 20% off by going to www.organifi.com and of course there's a coupon code what is it paulie m paulie m no. how do you spell that p-a-u-l-i-e-m boom you spell it with a y you get nothing yeah you <laughs> get zilch don't spell it with a y you get nothing you I spell mean, it with a y and, and you end up looking like me <laughs> yeah, at this point if you, if you don't if you still spell my name with a y you haven't been yeah obviously you haven't you're obviously pretty new to the show you know, you know and you know, we spell our name with an i-e that's right and, uh, you know, everybody's so on the go and always, you know, in a hurry, and nobody has the time to, like, take care of themselves the best way they can. So this is a great thing to do to, to make sure you're getting the right well, nutrients in your body. That's my excuse. Now I don't have any more excuses. You have no more excuses. Yeah, that, that's not even Corona light. It's Corona. Um, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so just to, just to cover the spelling, too, it's Organifi. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. So that's a cool name, too. I like that, Organifi. It's almost like Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's so, Organifi. So now we got Pete getting, we're going to get Pete Organified. Right. Yeah. We need t-shirts for that. I'm already gentrified. Now look at me. All right. So you need to use the bathroom or we can keep going? We can keep going We're so good? far. We're good. Let's get to um, Showtime. Showtime. Can we get to the fights? Yeah. Showtime. Fights showtime. Paulie, take us through it. You're on the train. You're down, going down to D.C. What's going on? I'm taking a train. I took that way. I took the train down to D.C., obviously. And, uh, you know, we worked the fights on Saturday. Uh, I mean, I, that's why I missed the Fox fights. 
I worked uh, the the super middleweight fights. Uh, James DeGale and uh, Chunky, what is Porky Medina? Porky, Porky, <laughs> Porky Medina. And then uh, I worked the Badu Jack fight versus. Um, Lucian uh, Butte. Yeah, Lucian Butte. First of all, a good night of boxing. Oh yeah, my God! Great awesome. Uh, but if you've seen Medina fight before, and 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 if you, and Deguil kind of alluded to this post fight, like this guy's not the same guy I saw in the videos. Is not the same guy. Something weird about that fight. I'd love to know. You know, I obviously can't talk about this when I'm on the air on Showtime. But in my own personal podcast, I can say what the fuck I want, and nobody. And if you don't like it, don't listen. Atta boy. Yeah, but um. Whoa. Something weird about you know the the amount of endurance Medina had and was was just kept coming and coming. Every time the Gale stopped moving, which at a certain point in the fight you're gonna slow down because you know you're not you don't have, you're not born with a battery in you and you don't have you don't have wheels on you. You know the Gale started stopping more and more as opposed to moving more and more as the fight wore on. And based on that, based on that, every time I noticed every time I mean he was just pressure and pressure and pressure Medina was, but every time the Gale even stopped. Medina was non-stop punching every time, non-stop punching, non-stop, constantly punching. The problem I have with that is in between all of this, you're getting hit, you're getting popped, you're getting constantly, you, you know, you, you're, you're getting sent in the wrong direction. You know, it's fatiguing. Chasing down a guy who can move as fluidly as the Gale is fatiguing in itself. Chasing down a guy who can move as fluidly as the Gale while he's popping you around is also more fatiguing. So, popping you around? He landed some vicious, yeah. vicious combinations. So, all the more reason why, as the as the fight wears on, you're you know this is the thing about this is the beautiful thing about boxing is the quality shows itself as as the fight wears on, and this is the problem with performance enhancing drugs is, and again I'm hypothesizing here, I'm not trying to put it on Medina for sure, but you know this is what it seems to me, and this is the problem with performance enhancing drugs is you're starting to eliminate the quality bubbling to the surface, and just whoever's on the garbage is bubbling to the surface, and they're making they're they're not paying for their mistakes, you know. Obviously, they're not paying for anything that they're doing wrong anymore because now the endurance is higher than, and, and there, there's more in the tank, you know? And you uh, I just remember coming up the ladder. Remember, Pete, we talk about the, some of the sparring sessions in the gym and it's like guys that were really rough in there. And I, and I remember thinking, like, you know, like, you just hang in there and you, and you keep boxing them the way you're boxing them. And they're making it tough. You keep boxing them the way you're boxing them. And then, like, suddenly they'll just, there comes a point in the middle rounds where they just collapse. They just crumble because they've been working way too hard to get to you. And even if they've been giving you some problems, the eventual over-the-top effort that they've been putting will eventually collapse them. And your quality, when you haven't been burning as much energy, will take over more and more as the fight progresses. In this fight, it was different, though. The quality of the Gale, obviously, you know, he's going to be fatigued. But Medina needs fatigued at all, whereas Medina sh- should have been getting fatigued, maybe even more fatigued. And that's nothing to do with who's in better shape or whatnot, because you can only be in such good shape at a certain point if you're clean. You know what I mean? So, so I don't know. It was just I, I, I had to put it out there that it was a bit, it was a bit strange to me. Now, having said that, James does complicate the fight for himself. I do think James fundamentally um, could be a little bit better. James is confusing to a guy who tries to time you. This is here's, here's the thing about boxing. This particular style James DeGale has. He's an athletic mover, a guy who can punch out of both stances, fight out of both stances, throws a lot of awkward punches, a lot of from weird angles. Those are the things that bother a guy who's trying to time you. If you're trying, if you're a guy who's trying to time James DeGale, he's a nightmare because he's he's, he's switching up the tempo on you so much. For a guy like Medina who's going to fight the same, what no matter if he's fighting a righty, no matter if he's fighting a lefty, no matter if he's fighting uh, James DeGale, no matter if he's fighting Golovkin, no matter if he's fighting Peter Cards, he's going to fight the same no matter what. <laughs> he's he's one track minded. 
a guy like that, you beat him with fundamentals. You're not gonna, you don't have to, you don't need the trickery because he doesn't care about the trickery. He's not trying to time you anyway. So you're not, you're not gonna throw off his rhythm with the trickery. So I would have liked to see DeGale maybe lead more with jabs, little feints, just little fundamental things instead of, you know, the lead uppercuts, to, which were spectacular. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he did some spectacular stuff. But also, it was another reason why the fight ended up being close because Medina, who never got tired, obviously, and, and you're throwing, and, and as DeGale, you're throwing these punches from weird angles. What happens if you throw punches from weird angles? You know, your balance has to be reset after you throw them. So in the moment you have to reset your balance, you know, you, you know you're tiring a little bit. You're tiring a little bit as opposed to simple jabs, simple feints, simple simple combinations like one twos and one two threes and one two ones. That's how you beat a guy like Medina. And and you keep on your balance all the time. You never need to reset. You just switch in you just switch in and, and you smother. And another thing DeGale doesn't do, he doesn't he doesn't smother. He doesn't smother and initiate punches. Sometimes on the ropes he would make Medina miss about seven, eight punches in a row. Medina would kept throwing, he would throw like another seven body shots on top of the seven, eight punches in a row that he missed. I mean Medina was just a punching machine. He just didn't stop. And so if a guy is like that also, the way you stop him is you clinch. You know, you, you step in. Smother. Stepping out when you make a miss, and you smother. You know, you smother him, and he's got he's to restart. He's got to reset. The referee, you force a break. You know, and, and James has to learn to do that a little bit more. I, that's, that was another thing about it, because every reset you, you have goes back to the middle of the ring, and every reset favors the more athletically gifted fighter, and that would be James DeGale in that fight. Absolutely. I, I, I can't disagree with you on anything you just said. It's, it's 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and listen, they're talking about uh, people thought that the judges had it off. Listen, I don't. I'm sorry, James DeGale won the fight. <clears throat> it was very competitive. What does that mean? He still won the fight. He's landing vicious combinations. You know how many of of Medina's punches were off the gloves and off the shoulders and off the elbows. And and DeGale's were clean, clean shots. I mean, the guy... How many uppercuts was DeGale landing with both hands? Yeah, no, he was like, he was... He was uh, from different angles, working off different angles, working on different. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a beautiful. He was he was boxing beautifully, but I just think, like I said, he made the fight a bit more complicated for himself. Absolutely, you know, there's ways to simplify it, and like you always said, keep it simple, stupid. You know, sometimes the easiest things, fundamentally, fundamentally, and and technically, can just cool a guy down and not give him any sort of confidence. He allowed he allowed Medina to get confident by by sitting on the ropes and you know if you're letting a guy tee off on you even if he's missing he's going to keep trying especially somebody that uh you know with the uh speculations keyword yeah um but and listen medina's tough he came you know he tried hard but he came he saw he tried to conquer right exactly well. came up a little short I, but i like another thing with lucian Boutet and badu jack now Getting some tweets that some people did think they had, they thought Lucian could have won, and it wasn't as far-fetched a decision as they could have been. Dude, I don't know. I mean, listen, I watched the fight. Badu is more composed. He's blocking more shots on the inside. He's landing cleaner on the inside. I don't care that the Gale uh, that Lubute is, is is getting off some shots, especially late in the fight. I got off enough shots where I gave him the rounds. But if you're not getting all you, you if if you're not landing the cleaner shots, you got to get off a lot more shots. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like I did in the Adrian Broner fight. I got off a lot more shots than Adrian. You know, like, Boutte wasn't getting off enough to, to compare to what Badu was doing until the late rounds where Boutte was getting off plenty more and it, and it was obviously making a difference regardless of what Badu's positioning. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, yeah. me, like, for me, when you start 
not knowing how to judge boxing, you start throwing these little intangibles in there, you bring the retardation out of it. You know what I mean? Because now you, you make, you're skewing something that's very simple. You're skewing something that's very easy to fucking see. Okay, and, and you're making it, not only are you becoming stupider by skewing it, you're making other people stupider by reading your tweets and reading your opinion on it. Bobby Jack won the fight, guys. There's no fucking if, ands, or buts about it. Bobby Jack won the fight. It was actually a pretty easy fight to score. Bobby had the better positioning. He was more accurate inside. He, would, he the sidestepping. You also got to give credit for the little things in boxing. The things maybe a lot of people don't understand. The way Badu was sidestepping and changing position, every time they were inside, Badu was in the better position. Every time. He knew how to be in the better position. He would take a little step this way, or a little step to the other side, or a little step back to create his own punching space. Every Badu commanded the positioning of where the fight was. Even when they were inside, he commanded the positioning of how the fight was fought on the inside. So there, there is no way you're going to tell me Bouquet was doing enough in the early rounds to get any rounds at all. There's no way, because hey. even the little intangibles, which actually matter, not the intangibles that don't matter, the intangibles that actually matter, Badu had the advantage. Hey, Paulie, I'm looking at the final punch stat report. I mean, Badu Jack landed 270 punches. Forget about the, Seth, forget about the punch stats, because that's, that's Nintendo. I don't want to hear about the punch stats. <laughs> that's Nintendo. But, I, I, don't, I don't believe in punch stats as a guy playing Nintendo. I believe in my, um, what my eyes see. Right, no, I no, see th- because punch stats aren't any kind of stat at all. It's just a guy playing Nintendo, pressing buttons when he thinks a punch lands and when it doesn't. That's all it is. There's a guy sitting ringside. There's absolutely no fact to it, fact-based anything on punch stats. It doesn't tell you how clean any shots landed. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't even tell you if the punch landed or not. But, it's just that guy's opinion of whether a punch landed. I understand, but even so, so like a hundred punch difference and out and outlanding every round. I mean, how could it be a draw? It's kind of yeah. crazy. No, of course, of course. But I, don't, I I go by what my eyes tell me and what I watch, and I and I I know I understand what I'm watching, and then from that perspective, I uh I, I felt uh, pretty comfortable with with uh Badu winning and Badu winning clearly. And props also, to you, props to you, Paulie, for saying you know backing up what Floyd said about the judges because you were 100 percent right. right. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you, you, it's enough, enough. You, there, there should be no second chances for judges like that. I mean, first of all, if you think Butte won the fight or had a draw, there's a reason why you're not a judge. You, you shouldn't be a judge. And anybody, and any judge that had to fight a draw or, or, or Butte winning shouldn't be a judge either. That's it. It's very simple. Either you're corrupt or you're too stupid. One of, but for both reasons, you're <laughs> it's like It's like Robert De Niro says in Casino. Either he, was too in, he was, either he was in on it or he was too stupid. Either way, I cannot have a guy like that working for me in my casino. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I'll be honest with you. When you watch the fight... Somebody hit me on Twitter and said, "Casino, all you got for me, right? <coughs> you fucking kidding me, dude? I was great. You find you out of your mind? Yeah. So, listen, you watch it, right? Somebody hit me on Twitter and says, "Oh, a great, a great night of fights. Too bad the judges ruined that. Um, they sure did the Butte fight." Uh, no, I'm sorry. The, the Gale fight, they got that wrong. I said, if they got that wrong, what about the Butte fight? <laughs> right? <laughs> it couldn't be any more wrong than that. But when you look at it, I mean, you know, you could speak on this more than anybody. There's times in a fight where you have to make adjustments. To me, I felt like Butte got a late start and had to warm up and get the, you know, the, the blood flowing or whatever. And, you know, it, it was a little too, too late for me, and, and that's why he lost, clearly. But even as far as making adjustments, he would pivot to his left. It got to the point where Badu Jack literally could throw a right hand with his eyes closed and you knew that the guy was going to be there for it. There was no adjustments defensively to get away from that. 
Yeah, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, he was stepping over to his left as opposed to his right, which obviously made things difficult for himself on the inside. And that's what I was talking about, Badu, boss on the inside. Because sometimes, you know, obviously it's not always about moving to the right or to the left with a southpaw as much as people think or with a right-hander with a southpaw as much as people think. But on the inside, as I said earlier, all the fundamentals count, including your foot being on the outside. Because I, I firmly don't believe you always move to, the, to, to your own left against a left-hander and, and a left-hander should move to their right against you. Uh, on the outside, but on the inside, I do believe that, you know, so, so the thing about Boutte was on the inside, he was a lot of times you stepping around the wrong way, but that's what I was talking about before also was that Badu commanded the positioning on the inside. Badu, I don't know if you can see it on television, Badu was making these little side steps, these little moves. Sometimes it will just be a side step. Sometimes it will be a pivot. Sometimes it will be a side step and a pivot. You know, just enough to be in command of the positioning inside every time. I mean, it was actually a thing of beauty to watch. I, it was, I, I can really appreciate it as a fighter myself. But it's, it's a small intangible that you really, that makes, that goes a long way in making a difference in the exchanges. And he was doing it so fluidly because sometimes you do those, that, those kind of little moves and pivots and you go off balance or you, maybe you make a too big of a step or, you, or you're just not set to punch after you make the move. Badu was making these little moves on the inside and, and staying composed enough and tight enough to where he was right on balance after the move would be made. And he was able to take away the punch position of Boutte, even if Boutte might have been punching, and, and, and maximize his own punch positioning so that he could land the better shots, you know? And it was really a thing of beauty to watch. And, um, you know, obviously, yeah, it, it, a lot of times it forced Boutte to turn the wrong way because, you know, Badu would have occupied the correct space he wanted. So Boutte now, well, he's got no other choice. What he should have been doing is leaving the pocket. Instead of leaving the pocket, though, he would end up turning the wrong way, you know? And, um, you know, that obviously didn't, uh, didn't help his cause either, a lot of those inside exchanges. You know, Boutte tried, and, and here's the thing. When Boutte's punch output started making a difference late in the fight, was because Badu had fatigued enough to not let the to not be doing these little important things. You know, now he started I wouldn't say slacking on them because he was tired, but because of the fatigue, he started slacking on those little things. And now Boutte was able to take control with just the effort alone. Right. Yeah. Of course, uh, Boutte, obviously the more um, experienced guy, crafty. You know, been through that uh, a million times over, and it's not the same for Badu. So he, I mean, I feel like Badu Jack has really, really improved. And it was it was nice to see Saturday those little things that you're talking about. Um, Do you guys think they'll bypass? And hopefully, they won't have a rematch, and he can go right to fighting the Gale. Well, I'd that, like to see that. That should yeah, that should happen. Fight. What do you think? And Paulie, you were there, Paulie. So you know, how do you break down a, a potential Jack uh, Gale fight? Well, I gotta say, I'm more excited about it now than I was before the weekend. Right. I, 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 I as as improved as Badu Jack has been. Going into the weekend, I thought DeGale would definitely uh, be the one to win the fight. Not that I'm saying I've changed my mind. I don't know. Um, I still probably favor DeGale slightly. But he's, he, this, the, the favoring of James is not – for me, it's not as, as easy as I might have thought it could have been. You know, like, not that it would have been easy because Badu is, is, is a handful to deal with. But I thought DeGale had too many dimensions to him, to his style for Badu. Uh, prior to the weekend, and uh, and you know, and and it, it, that might still very well be the case, but um, you know, I, I thought Badu handled even Butte in a, in, a in, in better fashion, and possibly that's because Degel, you know, punched the punched the last uh, big effort out of Butte out of him in November. Who knows? But I, I, I overall, if you're gonna tell me what I think of the fight, I, I'm more excited about it now than I was before the weekend. You know, knowing these guys were going to fight anyway before the weekend started, yeah, it was nice, it was going to be cool, but I wasn't as excited. Obviously, you're always excited about the unification fights. But now, that after this past weekend, I haven't seen them both fight, I'm actually more excited about the fight. Yeah, I think it's a great fight. And, yeah, that's a good point. 
you know, he went from like a three to one to a two to one favorite. But yeah. um, not maybe even less than that. Yeah, maybe. I still pick DeGale. I just think he has too many weapons in his arsenal. I think it's a little too much for Badu, but it will be exciting. It will be a great fight, and it's something that should definitely happen. Unification should always happen. The best should fight the best, and that's how you get the the pound-for-pound guy in that class, you know. Um, Definitely going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that one. And that leads us to this Saturday. This Saturday. Boom. What's this Saturday? This Saturday. <laughs> Canelo. Oh, I'm working for the Brits. All the Brits out there, guys. I am working on BBC Radio this Saturday. So listen to Five Live. Listen to the match on Five Live, BBC Radio. Saturday, Canelo versus Khan. I will be on the call, most likely with Mike Costello, my, my partner in crime. He's, he's usually my partner in crime for the BBC Five Live shows, uh, Five Live Radio uh, broadcasts. I go to Vegas on Thursday, so... Be tuned in even on Friday at the lane and whatnot. I'll probably uh, you know be covering the fight, be covering the lane and whatnot on Five Live, and uh, of course Fight Night. You know, tune in. You know, I know you guys obviously want to watch the fight, but maybe watch the fight and hear us call the fight instead. You know, put the volume down on your TV and uh, to, to put on Five Live on the radio and uh, watch the fight with us calling it. You, you'll enjoy it. It's a 155 pound championship. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Canelo weight, right? Is that what Canelo weight. That's what they've been calling it on social media. Canelo's belt. <laughs> It's his own version. So, uh, are you guys yeah, watching? I, I do hope eventually the middleweight title does, does get contested at 160 pounds again. I mean, because that's that's actually the weight class that it is. It's, it's you know what? You know what's crazy? We always criticize. Uh, I mean, obviously Jim Lampley and Max Kellerman because they're you know when it comes to blowing the the star on the show, they they really have no shame in doing so. They do a good job. Yeah, they're phenomenal. <laughs> you would think they had no teeth and they were giving gummies out, <laughs> but um. I saw something on social media. Roy Jones called out Canelo in a sense like, bro, stop demanding certain weights. Like, if you don't want to fight the guy, say, listen, I'm not ready to fight the guy. But trying to make him come down, you know, five pounds from where the where the belt belongs is, is horrible. I was happy to see Roy do that. It shouldn't even be allowed in the sport. Right. Well, that's... Uh, you're 60, you're 60. Yeah. Your buddy Pacquiao. You can come in any weight you want to come in at. You know, Pacquiao's want to start that? Well, Floyd did too. Oh, Leonard did it too. Like I said before, Sugar Ray had Lalonde come down to sixty-eight from seventy-five back in the day. That's like twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago. Sure. sure. So yeah, you know, and Paul, you've made that point several times. Like you know, if the weight is what it is, if you Canelo can come in any weight he wants, under sixty or under, right? Doesn't mean yeah. you have to make other people do That's it. That's the thing. The, the the business also dictates these kind of moves. You know, if people buy into it, you know, then then it's going to keep getting done. You know, and. You know, you're not you're not gonna boycott the fight, and if, if people know you'll buy it, if, if these people know you'll buy it into the fight, then they'll keep doing it. It's just like Chavez Jr. You know, you, you're sick of him making weight, not making weight. You're sick of him not giving, not training for these fights and whatnot. But you still keep buying the fight, right? You still keep going to the fight. The guy's still selling ten, fifteen thousand tickets when he fights, right? So, I mean, it's a good point. You're you're glutton for punishment if that that's the case. <laughs> you know, you're uh, you're gonna keep getting that. You you're gonna get these people no other reason. To change their habits, you know, and so uh, and it, Canelo and Canelo weight, you know, I mean, it's a situation where you have a very good fighter who probably isn't a middleweight. He's managed to win the middleweight title, and now, uh, you know, you have this uh, situation where it's title a, a real middleweight can never fight for it because I, I don't, I don't really believe there's a middleweight in the world that can make 155 pounds. I mean, if you can make 155 pounds, you'd be fighting a junior middleweight. You wouldn't be fighting that middleweight, you know. 
Right. It's like myself. I mean, if I had to fight a fight at 142 pounds, I could no longer make it. I mean, I wanted to watch the 140 pound division because I couldn't make weight anymore. You know. So you know, if somebody's trying to at 147 pounds, somebody's trying to give me a catch weight of 42, 43. There's no no shot. You got no shot. I can't make the weight. No matter what. Even if I want to, as bad as I would want to, my body just won't get there, you know? So, you know, that's the problem with 155 pounds. I really don't see any middleweights being able to make that weight. So Canelo will constantly be defending the middleweight title against non-middleweights. That's why the the, the point you made at the top of the show, Pete, was, you know, Canelo and Floyd is probably the best option for this. Yeah, you're right. That's bad because Floyd can beat Canelo uh, if he beats him again, then retire. And the middleweight title becomes vacant, and then maybe a real middleweight can win it. You know? Well, that's that's what I'm here for. You know, I bring up the good points like that. Oh, uh, Canelo <laughs> Floyd. Not yeah. you, that wasn't. Not only are you a good guy, people, you're a gentleman and a scholar. That, that was me. I was a gentleman and scholar. <laughs> you guys. Are, you I was a was gentleman and scholar. You're killing me, Paulie. It's something crazy. It's something crazy. I mean, I don't know. I, but, you know, but what if they throw twenty million in Triple G's face? Is he going to try to suck that five pounds? Maybe, but like you said, maybe he can't even do it if he wanted to. Pause. No use. But he's yeah, going to try his best. If he threw twenty million in my face, I don't think I can make. I can't make one hundred forty-two pounds, dude. I can't do it. Like I'll die making one hundred forty-two pounds. You know, so I don't know. Maybe Golovkin has an easier time making the middleweight limit. Um, I don't know. I, 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 but you know, there's a reason guys fight at these weights. If you if you can make one fifty-five. Odds are you can make 154, in which case you'd be campaigning at junior middleweight, you know? So, well, that's where he started, so I guess... Yeah, you know, he started at Walter, man, because, uh, because he fought Jose Cotto at Walter. Oh, right. But he was a kid still. You know, at that time, you can't really count the teenage years. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Triple G. Oh, uh, Triple G, yeah. Triple yeah. G started at 154, so yeah. the yeah. fact yeah. that he's at 160 now... I think he he he's probably one of the rare cases that can make 155, especially that he was throwing it out there for Floyd. So you know you can't use the excuse that you can't make the weight now because you would have been able to make it for Floyd. So, um, but yeah, either way, this this is all like a moot point, a moot conversation. You know, it's a 160 pound title; it should be fought at 160 pounds. But you know, Triple G on record did say he would go down to 155 for Mayweather. And uh, Canelo would be big money too, so he'd have to consider it for right. that as well. Yeah, so he can't make fifty-five. So That's... Triple G can make one fifty-five for Mayweather, and he can make sixty-eight for any any super middleweight except Ward. Right. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so you guys, you guys That's give. Called, That's called putting your foot in your mouth when you when you talk. Absolutely. You know, you know, and, you know you, you, and Triple G's honestly a great fighter, but you know, maybe the maybe the quotes should be left. Uh, out of Abel Sanchez and Golovkin's mouth, obviously, if that's what they're saying, you know? Right. You guys give Khan zero chance to win on Saturday, is that correct? Negative. Mm-hmm. Negative yeah, I, zero. I can't see him going all four rounds without uh, <laughs> avoiding all the blitzes. I mean, you know, I can see him having good spots, but as soon as, uh, you know, he runs into a tough point, I don't see I can see him starting before. off the fight. Well, let's, all right, so let's do, let's do this for fun, right? Um, the over and under is nine and a half. I'm going with the under. That's just me. It seems to make sense. Let's let's try to make an actual prediction. We all we all feel Canelo's gonna like kill him eventually. Yeah. I say I say he stops him in four. Four? Yep. No, I don't think four. I don't don't know about four. Let me see the fight going past six. I can see. Okay, so six. Yeah, and that's the most. I mean, I don't see it. All right, pick a round. I said four. I'll say. All right, I'll say six. Six. I'm going with eight. 
eight. Yeah. He's cutting it close. Nikki. I think Khan's gonna look good in the beginning, and then I think just Canelo's just gonna wear him down at the I end. I don't think I don't think Amir's gonna look good, but I think he'll have some mild success in the beginning. I, I, looking good is, a, I, I think, a bit of an overstatement because I think Canelo is. You gotta keep in mind, Canelo has trouble with this kind of style. But Canelo also knows that for the next for the past ten weeks he's been training for a mover. Like, like there's no surprise in the way Amir Khan's going to fight Canelo, and I'm sure Canelo and his team know this too. So I'm sure they've been preparing for jabbers and movers and whatnot. And he fought Floyd, so he's been in there with some speed and some quickness. Right. Yeah, yeah. Floyd and Khan are two different kind of fighters. So of course, but they have speed. They both have that yeah. hand speed. Yeah, there's speed, uh, uh, but Khan doesn't have the timing Floyd has. That's the thing. I mean, Floyd it, Floyd changes the look defensively. Here's the thing with Khan. Khan has no understanding of controlling the pace. He always lets the pace get away from him too much. He let the pace get away from him in the Peterson fight. He let the pace get away from him in the Maidana fight. And then he ends up having a hold, trying to, you know, conserve energy, conserve the lead he's built up because he's too tired. He doesn't know how to clinch the right way. He doesn't know how to go for a walk to the left or to the right just to, you know, maybe use a little feint and step around instead of, you know, uh, engaging every time you're, you're questioning what to do. He's engaging. You know, there's times when you're questioning what to do in a fight, and you don't always have to engage in those times. You can question what you're doing. Let me feint and take a step here. Let me feign and take a step here. Let me punch here. Let me let me uh, let me get defensive and smother against the ropes. And let me grab a clinch and then go back to the reset to the middle of the ring. These are things that control the pace for you. You know, uh, Amir never understands how to control the pace, and he lets the pace get away from him. And if you let the pace get away from you in the Canelo fight, and without understanding that you can win rounds at a slower pace, he's going to let it get away from him. And he, there's no there's going to be no 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 way out for him. You know, there's going to be no way out for him. And uh, once Canelo catches up, it's over, you know? And that's the thing. Amir never shows me that he can, he can slow down the pace. He's jabbing, he's punching, he's jabbing, he's punching, he's moving, he's jabbing, he's punching. It's all energy-burning stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, it, you're not going to last that way, especially against uh, a bigger man. Yeah, it's called uh, clock management. I'm going three rounds. Three rounds. Ooh. Three rounds. Yeah. So wow. Seth, Seth wow. has the, the, the it, quickest If fight. Hagler can knock Hearns out in three rounds, Canelo can take out Khan in three. Mm. Okay. All right, that's All what right. I'm saying. And on the undercard, I'm noticing a fighter named Diego De La Hoya. Is, there any re- is, there, is that a relation? The un- that's, Oscar, that's Oscar's, uh, that's Oscar's uh, cousin. Nephew. 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 Cousin, nephew, yeah. Yeah. Nephew, yeah, like the, the undercard's actually really good. Yeah, we were talking about that right before we started. Yeah, that. Curtis Stevens opens up the Curtis pay-per-view. Curtis Stevens opens up the pay-per-view against an undefeated... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I think his name is Patrick Teixeira. Teixeira. Yes. Yeah. And then, He's uh, on the mark, Teixeira. Yeah. Patrick Teixeira? Yes. Yeah. From Brazil, no I think. No relation to the Yankees player. No relation to the UFC fighter. Well, if he's any relation to the Yankees player, yeah. then Curtis has a chance of him choking. Very, oh, very. Ouch. Or very. getting injured. Curtis just got to hit him with one shot player? then. Is he related to Glover? No clue. No, nothing. He just Seth, is you got to get on that, buddy. Okay. <laughs> and then you got Frankie Gomez fighting Mauricio Herrera. That's going to be a good That's fight. That's going to be it. That might be fight of the night, I think. Gomez, yeah, Gomez and Furious Rara. And then Glenn Tapia, our boy Glenn Tapia. Our boy Glenn Tapia. Fighting Lemieux. Boom. Yeah, he's from Brazil. He's not related to anybody. No? Glenn Tapia fighting David Lemieux. Boom. Boom. That's That's a big one. That's a huge one. That's a cool feature. This is big for Glenn Tapia. This is... uh, Make a break, basically. Big time. Because, I mean, listen, we all know Lemieux can punch with that. Glenn has to really, really come with his A game and and, and pull off a, a game plan. And uh, you know, it also he's also moving up, moving up in weight for this. Yeah, he's going this from is, fifty-four to sixty. Yeah, the fight's at sixty, right, Seth? Correct. So yeah, Glenn's going up in weight. Mm. Yep. And we got uh, what, Mauricio Herrera versus Frankie Gomez, Walter yeah. Waits. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a nice little fight. Barry Roach saying he's Frankie Gomez has never been more ready. 
course, you know, we all know Frank, uh, Freddie knows how to sell a fight, so we'll <laughs> see. Uh, uh, Frankie, uh, this is ready. You know, he's, he's, he's got to live up to his hype eventually. Frankie's always been a pretty good, uh, you know, talent with a lot of power. So hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see some of that talent. But Herrera, I'll tell you, he's he's a good spoiler and he's a good fighter. And uh, I, I like that fight. That's probably my, my, my favorite fight on the card. Yeah. Not, yeah. I'm not really crazy about the main event, I'll be honest. <laughs> I hear You're you. not? We got no. some other big main events coming up, like in a couple of weeks. You got Pavetkin versus Wilder. I think that'll be a good fight. Absolutely, that's a good fight. Uh, and then you got Klitschko Fury in July. I can't wait for that. <laughs> that's that'll be a, interesting. That's like almost a week after your wedding, buddy. Yeah. Are you even gonna be here? Oh wow! I think I'll be on the honeymoon. Oh, where you going? Where's your honeymoon? Aruba. Aruba. You can maybe making babies in Aruba. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, don't you have to set up my bachelor party, you fuck? We're working on it. We're working on it. All We're right. working on it. Seth is coming, he said. Yeah, I'm going to come. I'm from a lab. Did you say you wanted to do some kind of a flyer? What did you, why don't you get into this? Why don't you get into this? Well, I think being that it's going to be like a national holiday for pimps and, and uh, around pimps. the world. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. It's like it's like retiring my jersey, you know. Oh boy, I yeah. think we should promote it, and uh, even if some of our listeners would like to maybe come and uh, say hello, sell tickets, you know, that'll be a cool like that's a cool idea. We'll make up a flyer and uh, come party with the kid. What, you know? what are we gonna call it? Uh, come, uh, come see Peter uh, Peter Cards' retirement uh, of his uh, pimp game. Uh, it's called Pimp Down. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Like like uh like cat like cat Williams right? Is she taking your name or are you taking her name? <laughs> <laughs> you got a better shot of hitting a lotto, kid. <laughs> All right, I think. Uh, did you guys something else you guys wanted to talk about? You said earlier. Oh, uh, Leicester City, Paulie. Yeah, there you go. Leicester City was uh, just an incredible story. Peter Carr's obviously doesn't want to understand it. Here's the thing about Leicester City that I, I saw a little highlight of the other day. 5,000 to 1 odds at the beginning of the season to win the Premier League. You understand that? Ludicrous. Pete, Ludicrous. you should have yeah. put money on that. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. To one odds. Who's giving him that? To one odds. You, know what? you know what else is 5,000 to 1 odds? What? The odds that Christmas will be the warmest day of the year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, the, odds that, for the same odds that Christmas will be the warmest day of the year, that's what Leicester City had at the beginning of the season to... So you know when you say you got a better shot at this, you got a better shot at that. You have a you have the same shot as Christmas being the warmest day of the year as you did as Leicester City winning the Premier League title. I got one. I got a good one for you too. Gaby the Gambler told me. What do you say? The Philadelphia 76ers were by far less of an underdog than Leicester City. Yeah, I think they were wow. four, they were four hundred to one to win the yeah. finals. Four hundred yeah. to one. Leicester this City was five thousand to one. one. That's ridiculous. What do they got? Like guys missing limbs playing for them? I don't how know. How can it be five thousand to one in anything? Know. Is how many teams are even in it? <laughs> well, put it to you this way: they're like the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you know, haven't won it in forever. Nineteen oh eight, right? But you know, you got to think about the Cubs when they weren't good. Like they're very competitive now, right? So just think about the Cubs coming out of nowhere and winning the World Series. Oh, yeah. They compared it to Buster Douglas, even though he was only forty-two to one. Forty-two to one, yeah. Yeah, that's, no shot, dude. That's like that's like a guy that never put on boxing gloves winning the heavyweight title. Right. <laughs> that's like that's like Peter knocking out Wilder. <laughs> I think Peter would get better odds. <laughs> I think so. Pete still got some. He still got some lateral movement. I don't have much movement. <laughs> um, 
I reach for beer. No, it's crazy. It's it's impressive, man. I'm I'm happy for them. Just think about the the poor fucks from you know from that area. That uh, you know you go your whole life without watching your team win or even compete for that matter. And now they you know they won. No, it's like yeah, it's like the crazy. it's like the 1980 hockey team, right? U.S. hockey team. They were like had no shot, right? Yeah, but still, yeah, what? But even that wasn't five thousand one. Right? No. no. Dude, I'm nothing is five thousand one. Nothing that's five thousand one. Dude, you gotta five thousand one is like me going to the U.S. Open and winning it. Golf you or tennis? Golf or tennis? Both. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I I would I think you could do it. I got no shot actually. No, you're a good athlete. It's crazy. You're professional. Good um, for them, man. I'm happy for them. Hopefully there's a guy that's 80 years old and watched them lose his whole life and, um, you know, was able to watch them win because that's something special. Should you clap for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very impressive. Mazel tov, as us, us people yeah, say. Look, I am now. Word. <laughs> All right. We're wrapping so what up. What do you think? Uh, so how's, uh, how's Florida got? since you got back? Oh, it's been hot as hell. I actually worked out this morning. You know, I've been on the boxing news. I'm on the I'm on the mandatory for the EBU title. Uh, your uh, Leonard Bundo has the European Championship, European Welterweight Championship. So I'm uh, I'm a guy that uh, you know, I'm considering it to see if uh, and here's the I'm considering. Obviously, I've always wanted to be the European champion, but I also feel like the European champion always gets a shot at a big fight afterwards. So I feel like I, they're not letting me get a big shot at anything. So I feel like maybe. If I can beat Bundo and look good, which is hard to do, beating Bundo and look good. I mean, he's a guy that even if you beat him, he doesn't let you look good. And he's a spoiler kind of a guy. He turns lefty and righty constantly. Solid body puncher. A bit of an underrated guy with a great chin. Um, if I can beat him and beat him convincingly, I can maybe, um, you know, make my way for uh, one more big fight. So I'm considering taking this fight. I'm trying to work out the details. And uh, I've started working out. I was working out at Fifth Street Gym. Shout out to Dino from the Fifth Street Gym. Shout out to Donato from the Fifth Street Gym. How's Guys Adriana Lima? Everybody. Adriana Lima is actually in New York. So if you run into her, let me know. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. will. Hopefully yeah, we will. Know. Tell her I said what's up. Mm-hmm. Why don't you put her on a bring in the podcast? That would be yeah. great. That's what Peter Cards is up there for, guys. I mean, she's in New York. I mean, it's up to Peter to find her. What Come on, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go stand on Sixth Avenue and just hope that she walks by. It's possible. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the thing with uh, with that. So I'm I'm trying to see I'm, I'm trying to see if uh, if it, this is worth doing, and uh, you know if I can make the weight. I'm trying to drop weight. I actually sparred this morning. I sparred seven rounds this morning. Believe it nice. or not. Nice. Yeah, in in the thousands of degrees heat in this gym. Death, death. Uh, but uh, I like to, I I don't like to, I don't want, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to start training just working his way back in. I like to see how bad I'm in shape. And then that way, when it's thrown right in my face, like when you try to spar like that, I and mean, you, you're just in horrible shape, and then you 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 know you kind of realize, okay, this is what I got to work on, you know, like I got this is how I felt today. I felt like tired, and so you know we, we want to avoid this again. So let's get to work, you know. Right. You know, it kind of sets the tempo, kind of gets the engine going, you know. Absolutely, it gets the juices flowing. Yeah. So that's uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that 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 flows out and. You know the the ultimate goal would be I would like I would still like a Adrian Boner rematch. Um, it's not I hasn't, I haven't really gotten a lot of attention about it aside from social media. My great fans and the great people on social media, you know they've gotten they retweeted a lot, they favored a lot of, of me requesting the rematch of Adrian Broner. But from a business perspective, nobody has even not. Well, that God chance. forbid, God forbid they would ever take the fans' uh, perspective into well, account. Yeah, I mean, it's a fight that sells. The fight, the, the, the first fight was the most the highest rated. Showtime boxing event in 2013. It's a fight that's going to sell. And in all in all honesty, if I'm if I'm going to be honest, PVC needs all the ratings they can get. 
And um, me versus Brona would definitely bring a lot of those ratings to the table. So live, know, live from prison, Showtime, Championship <laughs> Boxing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, can you fight him on D Block? That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. No. Yeah, D Block. Like with uh, with uh. Who was on D Block? Who used to rap about D Block? <laughs> um, that was Stallone, Styles, right? Styles P. No. Huh? Styles P. And uh, and Jada. Yeah, Jada used to always say D Block. Yep. Huh? Huh? So that's the deal. I mean, what do you guys think? No, huh? uh, listen. Uh, you don't have to sell me on it. I was there with the whole build up. I was there when you fought him. Uh, you know. We we all know. We saw the numbers that uh, Showtime received as far as their ratings and. You know, it's a no-brainer to me. But. I think uh, you, Adrian, and your side piece, you guys should have a reality show. You guys should all live together. Oh, that would be fucking great. The, the best part about the whole thing is that there's still people come visit. That was my girl. Oh, what a fucking Wow, man. that's fucking Joe. You know, one day, you know what we should have one day? One day I should bring in the the old phones, and I should read out loud the texts I got after they even blown a fight. That'd be great. <laughs> I should read out, and we don't laugh about them. The text I got from her for a year, for almost a year straight, I got them. By the way, so pretty. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll if we're gonna do some comedy on the show. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, we, we save. Have, we ever run out of material. We save the last ten is, minutes for comedy. Is that is that done? Is that done? Broad still alive? Is she around? What I don't know. You're asking me. Yeah, no, I, nobody knows. Who knows? I googled side piece. I didn't see her though. <laughs> I couldn't find her. <laughs> you googled fucking desperate whore and nothing came up, huh? <laughs> you know what the shame of it is? I what the shame of it is. I've had like serious girlfriends that probably deserve to, you know, have gotten price off dating me. That when you Google Paulie Malignaggi and girlfriend, she comes up. I'm gonna do that right now. Like I have like serious girlfriends that like, you know, like fucking. They actually could say they dated me. They probably deserve more press than than that chick. You know, that was crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I had a I had a really good chick. You know, um, my first girlfriend Francesca was a really good chick. She was and in the docu in your documentary. Yeah, it was in my documentary. The girl I was dating in my documentary was a you know really good chick, and she obviously deserved a, a, a lot of praise. And then my ex girlfriend, Carol Castronovo, was actually a trainer on Biggest Loser. Well, she was actually on national television. She was a a, a fitness trainer. You know, uh, obviously that relationship didn't end so well as well. But obviously, at the end of the day, these are people that actually dated me. And like you know, you figure you'd Google my name, you'd you'd, you'd at least get the right people. But it's that's that's the that's how the media works, guys. You know, and that's uh, yeah, the media works um, wonderful. Uh, you know, actually, you can always regurgitate the side piece just for the sake of the promotion. I mean, that's I don't I don't see a problem with that. But you know, I, I don't I don't I don't uh, barring if we can stop the stalking from happening this time around. You know, right? I, I, one thing I will say, it did add to the the drama of the promotion, and I, I would say probably part of that was part of the reason that we got such high ratings was because of all that beefing around about it. It was almost soap opera esque, you know. And uh, that's what boxing needs a little bit of, you know, some uh, almost like WWE style set, you know. And you're, you're, you do the show with Taz and whatnot. And, you know, they have, they have these these uh, quirky uh, plot lines, you know, in wrestling. You know, but maybe boxing could use some of those to, to help sell these fights. You know? Look at Tyson Fury. Me and Adrian had a, a wrestling Tyson, Tyson Fury belongs on WWE. Plot line, you know. Absolutely. But no, it is, you know, and UFC tries to do it a little bit from time to time too. McGregor, look at McGregor. I mean, it, you know, people like the personalities. They want, they want it. It's sports are entertainment, and more than ever, it's entertainment. It's competing with all the other content out there too. And sports are the only thing that people watch live anymore, really. Right. You know, so I, I think it's great. And you were, you were definitely a showman in, in your career. You so. know what I watch live now? Oh, what do you watch live? The debates, and Trump is going to win Indiana tonight. Everyone tune in, watch the guy, 
Everybody hates him. And eventually he's going to have to go to prison yeah. to debate uh, Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's going to be debating Hillary while she's in the she's in the can. The slammer. Um yeah, Indiana is tonight. They're going to see who wins Indiana and uh Ted Cruz is hopelessly behind and um is just What about Ted Cruz is like reaching? First of all, who names a vice president right. before they get the nomination? Like yeah, yeah. how you, much are you reaching? You ha- you hey. mathematically are out, but you just picked a vice president. Oh, this just in Pete. That's a weirdo. Like I, I here's what he's, I here's the thing that I really can't stand the guys like Cruz and guys like Hillary. They'll say and do anything to win, even if it's the wrong thing. They'll back they'll they'll back anything that, that just to win. They'll say anything, they'll back anything, even if it's not the right thing. If it guarantees them to win, I mean, and in politics, that is just that's that's exactly what's wrong with politics. The problem you know is, I mean? it still doesn't guarantee them to win, and they still do it. It doesn't guarantee them to win, but but America is what's wrong. Is what happens when a democracy goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be everybody's friend. A leader sometimes has to make choices that people don't want. You know what I mean? For the sake of better, for the sake of better of, of a better overall life. You know what I'm saying? And. Everybody, it's like a, it's become like a popularity contest, dude. Hillary's going on with Hillary and Sanders just just appease Black Lives Matter, even though it's clearly a racist movement for the most part. You know, like they, then then Ted Cruz, Donald Trump is Mike Tyson's backing. Ted Cruz goes around saying, "Oh, well, he's a he's a convicted rapist." Uh, you know, like like as if first of all. I don't believe Tyson raped that girl. First of all, first and foremost, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, golf a bit. It got, uh, it's not like the judges or or the court system of the, all, ever got anything all, wrong. Second of all, who the fuck has any control over who backs them? And right. Even if you were going to count anything against it, who the fuck is this? Al Sharpton backs Bernie Sanders and Hillary. He's as racist as they come. What are you? What's the fault? It, it, it doesn't count. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't control who backs who. You know what I mean? Right. That's the stupidest fucking criticism I ever hear. But I mean, June News obviously jumps on shit like that too. But oh, they love it. Anyway, the point I was saying is, Cruz and Hillary—they come off as people that will say and do anything just to get votes. I mean, anything, even if it's the wrong thing. And and, and I think that's a scary, uh, that's a scary thought. I think that proves you, uh, a lack of character. And if you have no character, you have no business running a lemonade stand, let alone a country. Um, uh, if you have no character, so I mean, I don't know. We get, get on this, get on this political debate. It's going to get pretty hectic, but uh, that's my two cents on it. Yeah, what about the riots that were going on in uh, in California when they were trying to stop Trump from getting to where he had to speak? Crazy. They really? they vandalized police cruisers, broke the windows, were jumping up and down on him. Really? Uh, yeah, crazy. but uh, but according crazy. to everybody, Trump is the one that incites violence. Oh, well, and well, what did the police do? The police were outnumbered. I mean, they got it under control afterwards, but in the beginning, it was literally like a riot. You don't tear gas these people? That's, I think that's what they did afterward, yeah. Eventually. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, according to the media, only Trump incites this kind of violence, not the people that are against him. Of course, of course. Well, the, media, the problem with the media is that they have an agenda to back certain people because there's also money behind everybody else. The only person that doesn't want no money behind is Trump. He's, he's funding, his, funding his own campaign. So the, the negativity about funding your own campaign is you owe nobody favors, so people will just back whoever they owe the favors to. You know what I'm saying? The, the media, the news, you know, and that's the problem. You, you can never actually get real coverage for, a, for a, de- a debate. You can never get real coverage for a, a uh, uh, a political race. It's, it's actually, yeah, you got to actually be smart enough to read between the lines. And unfortunately, in this country, more so than any other country, there's probably some of the dumbest people who definitely can't read between the lines. Well, and, uh, Trump has a lot of supporters, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah, see. Please, uh. All right, guys, that's episode number fifty-two for me. I mean, you guys are gonna keep it up, keep it going. I'm, I'm off.
No, we're done, pal. We're, we're done. wrapping it up. With, it's not right, this, wrapping it up. We'll be back next week. I'll be in the studio next week. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about Canelo versus Khan and the whole undercard. Because I'm, I'm, I got a feeling the undercard is going to be better than the main event. So, 100% uh, it's going to be better than the main event. I'm looking forward to being in Vegas. BBC, everybody, all my British fans. Uh, BBC Radio, 5 Live. Check me out this weekend. Uh, yeah, honestly, who who wants to listen to Max Kellerman and Jim Lampley anyway? So yeah, they're, they're better off. Right. <laughs> you don't get 5 Live. You don't get the 5 Live, brother. Right. Oh, maybe on TuneIn app. They might have it. You'd be surprised. But, but in England, in England, you get the 5 Live broadcast, and uh, hopefully my fans, uh, they, they tune in uh, and, and check us out. But guys, in America, you might be able to find it on TuneIn. That's an app on your phone. They they carry stations from all over the world. You're a technology genius. Me? That's not me. Why don't you get tune in to sponsor the show since you said the twice already. <laughs> oh. huh? I'm just trying to get people to listen to Paula. You're just drinking Fuck. free beer over there. Thank Boom. you, Corona. Yeah, thanks, Corona. All right. We're out of here. Boom. Later. Boom. We'll be back with 53. Oh, listen. Listen. Wow, wow, wow. In two days, Nikki, our little precious baby, turns 21. Boom. Oh. I'm Nick Lupo 24. Is it Nick Lupo 24? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nick Lupo 24. Hit him up on his social media. Wish him happy birthday in two days. Friday, I'm, I'm taking him out. 21. Home. That means you can come to the strip club for, the, for your bachelor party. Bro. Yeah, I'm That's taking him out goal. Friday, too. Boom. All right, fellas. All right. Later. 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 All right. Later.